Good morning, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. That's quite all right. Good to see everybody. Boker Tov. Just a public service announcement. In addition to our class this morning, Yamima Mizrahi video, exclusively shown at BRS. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds good. Exclusively shown at BRS. At uh, 10.30 this morning and 8.30 tonight. Is that accurate, Yechevin? Okay, she's, uh, I've never seen her, but she's supposedly phenomenal. So everyone is invited and encouraged to come hear and listen and learn from her. Okay, today we're going to study a piece on Hanukkah, right? Again, every week we get together on Wednesday mornings for an injection of emuna. Um, emuna and bitachon are a topic which are not just philosophical or theological, but following the encouragement of uh, the Ramchal and his introduction to Mesilas Sisharim, it's something that we just need to be mindful of. So every week we get together, we have our little club, our little self-help group here, a support group, to be mindful in Amuna and Embitachom. Uh, so today we're going to explore a little bit how, through the prism of, of Hanukkah, um, the Nasir Shalom, the Slanam Rebbe, has a pamphlet. It's not in his more famous farm, but he has a separate pamphlet published on Ma'amari Hanukkah. And there's so many phenomenal Ma'amarim in it, I was looking through it, and choosing one was difficult to do, because they're all very inspiring in different ways. But I like this one. I thought this was a very good pick-me-up, the one that we're going to study together. And it's called Mitzvah, Mitzvah Chaviva Hi Ad Ma'od. That Hanukkah is considered a very beloved, a very endeared mitzvah. Kasav Rambam. He begins by quoting the Rambam in the fourth chapter of Hilchos Hanukkah. Mitzvah Sner Hanukkah, Mitzvah Chaviva Hi Ad Ma'od. The Rambam writes, yeah. the Rambam writes, <laughs> That mitzvah's Hanukkah, the mitzvah of Hanukkah is Chaviva Hiad Ma'od. I'm not even sure exactly how to translate it. Chaviva means you feel affection towards, it's beloved, it's, it's, um, it's a cherished mitzvah. It's very unusual. The Rambam, as we know, is classically thought of as the great rationalist. The Rambam does not normally inject his emotion or his feeling into describing a mitzvah. Right? This sounds very touchy-feely. Oh, it's such a beautiful, it's so amazing, it's so special, it's so beloved... Right, the Rambam just usually says, here's the mitzvah, and here's how you do it. And here's your duty and responsibility towards it. And yet the Rambam introduces mitzvah ner Hanukkah, that it's a mitzvah chaviva hi ad ma'od. It is not only chaviva, it's not only beloved, ad ma'od. It's really super beloved, it's uber beloved. Right? So that's very exaggerated for the Rambam. And a person has to be very careful, very vigilant in observing it, in order to publicize the miracle. Ulahosif Alanisim Lano. I think it should be Shevach, I think it's a misprint. And a person has to add to the praise of the Almighty, to gratitude towards him for the miracles that God has done for us. Right? That's the essence of the way we observe Hanukkah. In the end of the day, at the root of Hanukkah is appreciation and gratitude. Where is Al-Hanisim inserted? In which bracha in the Amidah? In Modim. Unlike most holidays where we say Yala V'yavo, Yala V'yavo is inserted after Ritzay into the Avoda portion of the Amidah. Al-Hanisim and Hanukkah is inserted into Modim. Al-Hanisim is all about an extension of our sense of gratitude. Wow! God, the miracles you do for me all the time. This is a period of miracles. We're looking for miracles. We spoke last week in our shir, in this year that these are Yemei Shmona, not Shmona Yamim, it's not eight days, these are days brought to you by the number eight. We see eight in everything we do. I was talking to someone this morning, maybe the miracle happened with Shemen, because Shemen is like Shmona. These are days of eight. 
everything about this the eight days are eight. So normally I walk around and all I see is the reality. Normally I'm a realist. Whatever I see in front of me, that's the truth. But for these eight days of Hanukkah, I use the light of the menorah not to be a realist, but to see with vision beyond what's immediately in front of me. To recognize that um, it, it, there are miracles. To be the few and against the mighty, the, weak against, the few against the many, the weak against the mighty, and yet to persevere, to triumph, you have to have a certain sense of, of vision. And that's what these eight days are. So how do we express that? How do we express that, wow God, even the ordinary is extraordinary. Even the natural is supernatural. We express it with gratitude. So for these eight days, I'm seeing the miracles. A miracle that I woke up this morning and all my faculties work. A miracle of a roof over my head. A miracle of, if I'm blessed to have children, a miracle of a spa, a miracle of whatever the miracles are in my life. And so what, what is the responsibility? What is Henshaw? We have a seat right here for you. What is the reaction that a person should have when they see and appreciate miracles? Gratitude. Halavahodah. It's a sense of praising Hashem. Wow, God, you're unbelievable. You're incredible. Look at these miracles. And a sense of, and a sense of Hodah. I saw a uh, vort. You know, we insert Al-Hanisim in the Amidah and we insert Al-Hanisim into Shemona Esrei. But if you say Al-Hamichya, even though normally in Al-Hamichya you would add Shabbos or Yontif, you don't add, there is no reference to Hanukkah in Al-Hamichya. Why not? What? Well, Okay, so maybe because the meal itself, you shouldn't be saying Alamach, you're saying you should be benching because you should really have a Siddhas Mitzvah. Okay, why else? I saw a beautiful insight that Alamachya is considered a abbreviated form of benching. So in order to insert Alanisim and Alamachya, you'd have to abbreviate it. But you can't abbreviate gratitude. Gratitude is either the real thing or don't say it. You can't abbreviate gratitude. You can't give the Rashi Tevas, the Rashi Prakim, you can't summarize gratitude. You know, yada, 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 thank you. you got to really express what you're grateful for. Okay, so continues the Salaam Rebbe. An indigent poor person who has nothing to eat and relies on charity has to sell the shirt on his back in order to buy oil to light the candles. That's what the Rambam writes. Mitzvah Chaviva Yad Ma'od. This is an unbelievably beloved mitzvah. Super, uber beloved, Ad Ma'od. So much so, that you got to sell the shirt on your back in order to fulfill it. Whatever it takes. Which is funny. It's a rabbinic mitzvah. you got to sell the shirt on your back in order to... We have a hierarchy and we have priorities and normally we don't require you to do such a thing. Even if it's just an exaggeration. So the Salam Rebbe says, what does that mean? Why is the Rambam categorizing this as a beloved, cherished mitzvah? The Rambam doesn't describe other mitzvahs. He doesn't say lighting Shabbos candles or, or Yom Kippur, or keeping kosher, or Tarsim Ashbacha. Oh, so beautiful. He says it about Hanukkah only. And the Rambam is very careful with his language. And the Rambam is not writing this in Mora Nevuchim, where he describes a little bit more the reasons and the essence of a mitzvah. He's writing this in his Mishnah Torah. This is a halachic Work. It's a legal work. So since when in a legal work do you say, oh, this law is really important? Eh, jaywalking is not so important, but uh, stopping at a red light, that's really... You don't start to, you know, uh, label. Since when in a legal work do you say, this one's really important? And besides, aren't we warned, don't our rabbis say, not to assign values or labels to mitzvahs? 
It's a very slippery slope and dangerous. Yeah, that's an important one. That's not so. This is negotiable. This is flexible. This is not. We don't do that. We say that all mitzvahs are equal and that we should be equally vigilant and scrupulous and, and, uh, and passionate and mindful in trying to observe them. So why is the Ramam labeling Hanukkah? Hanukkah is Chaviva. Uh, what does he love about Hanukkah? Hashem gave us all mitzvahs with love and, and, and with affection. As we say, That's what we say in our davening, that God gave us the Torah with love. So all mitzvahs are cherished. So the Islam Rebbe quotes the Moore Naim. Who wrote the Moore Naim? One of the Talmudim of the Baal Shem, Rabbi Nachum Nachum of Chernobyl who was uh, Rabbi Nachum Nachum, if you know anybody named Tversky, they are mm-hmm. likely a descendant of Rabbi Nachum Nachum mm-hmm. Ben mm-hmm. and Rabbi Nachum Nabal, uh, Nachum of Chernobyl, the Maori Naim, who, uh, who was, a, lot, a number of splintering Hasidus broke off from it, including Sfer, including others. So Rabbi Nachum Nachum, his Maori Naim, writes in Parshas Miketz, the following, V'had de mitzvah ner chanaki hi lamata la'asara, ta'ash me'olam lo'yar de'shchina lamata me'asara, rak sh'ashem choshev machshavos levilti yidach m'menu nedach, you know, we have a halacha that the Hanukkah candles can't be above 20 ama, 30 feet in the air. And we learn that from uh, sukkah, and we learn that from a mavoy, a, a certain law having to do with erevin. When something is uh, too high off the street level, if you're in an apartment, you could light it in the window of your apartment, even if your apartment is more than 30 feet from the ground. But from street level, something that high, you're not going to see. It won't catch your eye. And since the whole purpose of Hanukkah candles is presuming Nisa to publicize the miracle, if something is going to be out of sight, out of mind, then you're not fulfilling the essence of publicizing the miracle. So on the one end, it can't be too high, but it can be low. So he's picking up on the fact that the menorah, the Hanukkah, can be placed relatively low to the ground. Relatively low to the ground. And even though we have a Gemara that says that me'olam lo lamata me'asara, that the Shechina, Hashem's presence, never descends lower than 10 Tvachim. 10 Tvachim is 30 to 40 inches. 30 to 40 inches is uh, two and a half to three feet. Right? It's pretty low to the ground. So Hashem's, never, Hashem's essence, the Shechina, doesn't descend so low normally. Normally, Hashem, whether it's the honor of Hashem's presence, right? What does that mean exactly? What does that mean exactly? But the Hashem's presence, the intensity of His presence, His Shechina, doesn't descend so low, but the menorah, the Chanukiah, for Chanukah, it does. And says the Son of Rebbe, what does that mean? It means that the light of Chanukah is unique, that it illuminates even for those who are low to the ground. Even for those who feel so low and rejected and dejected and despondent. And this is how you understand what our rabbi said. The Gemara in Shabbos in the Madlikin, the Mishnahis that we say on Friday night, tells us there's certain wicks you're not allowed to use on Shabbos, but you are allowed to use those wicks on Hanukkah. Why can't you use those wicks on Shabbos? Because on Shabbos, we're very fearful that if the wicks don't light well, they don't catch well, or they don't burn well, then you're trying to read next to the candle lights on Shabbos night, and you're going you're to come to manipulate them. You're going to interact with them, trying to improve the light. And that, of course, would be a malacha on Shabbos. That would be prohibited on Shabbos. So don't use a wick on Shabbos 
that won't burn well that you may come to manipulate and violate one of the 39 malachas of Shabbos. But Hanukkah, we don't have that same concern. Hanukkah, I mean, other than the Friday night of Hanukkah, we don't have that same concern. So even wicks which are ineligible for Shabbos, says the Gemara, those wicks are eligible to light for Hanukkah. Shemerumaz l'neshamos nidachem ke'elu she'or ha-Shabbos e'na magia l'ha'ir lahem. So says the Son of Rebbe, a beautiful kind of homiletic interpretation of that halachic statement. Then not only is that true halachically, but what does that mean? It means that we are wicks who sometimes don't light well. Right? We struggle to be inspired. Or we don't burn well. We struggle to maintain that inspiration. So there might be a law for us on Shabbos, but when it comes to Hanukkah, Hanukkah is our holiday. You're allowed to use us. In other words, you could use the wick that doesn't burn well, that doesn't, that doesn't light well, is eligible for Hanukkah. This is a hint and allusion to broken souls. That the light of Shabbos is not successful in inspiring and lighting them up. Because the light of Shabbos is very elevated, it's very lofty. Feel, to, feel shod, to feel transformed by the holiness of Shabbos is a very lofty uh, thing. So Hanukkah is different. In other words, and, and by the way, look empirically at the United States of America and the average assimilated Jew. Mm-hmm. To the Jew who Shabbos doesn't speak to them, mm-hmm. Hanukkah still speaks to them. So the candle that can't be lit by Shabbos, that candle is on fire with Hanukkah. So halachically, you're not allowed to use these wicks and oils on Shabbos, but you can on Hanukkah. So the Salam Rebbe comes and interprets that not only as a halachic statement, but as a homiletic statement, that it means that the souls that are broken or that are distanced or that aren't on fire, they, they're not turned on by Shabbos, but they can be illuminated, they can be turned on. Normally things have to be the Shekhinah doesn't go below 10, but Hanukkah, God goes even to those who are low to the ground, even to those who feel distant and abandoned and disconnected, Hanukkah still speaks to them. Can I yes. Ask you a sure. I've often thought that the reason why Hanukkah is so important in this country is because there's another holiday yeah. close to it, and the Jewish people feel like left out. So that's right. why a lot of assimilated Jews yeah. go to Hanukkah. Right. But then I also believe I once learned that at the time of Mashiach, when we will not be celebrate some of the other Yom Tovim, we're still going to celebrate Hanukkah. Is that true? Hanukkah and Purim, I right. think. Right, Megillah's tiny right? Even though the, the other holidays, the my other minor holidays will be canceled. These will, these will sustain. You know, that could be the reason, but I like to think the Slotom Rebbe is describing oh, too, okay. is that there's something about the miracles of Hanukkah. There's something about the national victory against all odds of perseverance, of tenacity. Of the, it's the story, it captures the story of the Jews, of the light of Hanukkah, that it speaks that it speaks to people. What's actually remarkable, what's really extraordinary about Hanukkah is that not only is Hanukkah almost universally observed, do even the most secular, assimilated Jews know what Hanukkah is and have some, even if the menorah is next to their tree, they still have a, even if they have a Hanukkah designed to top the tree, as we saw Bed Bath and Beyond is selling this year, a Hanukkah topper for your tree, but there's Hanukkah, but here's the amazing thing, right? The Gemara tells us that there's three levels to observe Hanukkah. The primary level to observe the mitzvah is Ner Ish Ubeso. 
If you light one candle for eight nights in a row in your house, one candle each night for eight nights, you have fulfilled the mitzvah. That's the mitzvah. Ner ish ubeso. Why doesn't it say ner echad lebeso? Why does it say ner ish lebeso? Islam Rambam has a whole other piece where he talks about this is the holiday of the fo- of the home and of the family and so on. But ner, you, you fulfill the mitzvah with one candle. Then the Gemara said, no, one candle each night. Eight nights in a row, light one lousy candle. Boom, done, you fulfilled the mitzvah, you're good, you get a check. Then the Gemara says, if you want to go above and beyond a hidr mitzvah, you don't have to, you fulfilled the mitzvah, you want to do a hidr mitzvah, so light a candle for each member of your house. And then the Gemara says, you want to go really above and beyond, so light a candle for every night. And there's a big debate, by the way, between the Rambam and Tosos, is the third level built on the second level, or is the third level different than the second level? Because for the Rambam, if you light for every member of your house and every night, so, you know, Baruch Hashem, Kenai Nahara, we have seven children. So, you know, last night, the seven children and I each, each you know, 24 candles, somebody walking by at night has no clue what night it is. You know, you, you, have, you have, you've not fulfilled the third level of letting people know what night it is. So the Rambam is fired him, and he's fired him here. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that Spartan light one menorah, right? One menorah for the home. This is what he put in this week's weekly. Oh, he did? I should read that. Yeah, I should really read that. So the Rambam... So So that's the Rambam. The Rambam says, if you want to observe the third level, it takes the place of the second level, because otherwise they would be conflicting. So you light one menorah where you add one for every night. That's the Rambam. Tosva says, no, they're not in contradiction. You could fulfill both. And that's why we add I, eight menorahs. I'm confused what you're saying. What, what do you mean one candle a night? Just like the, one the candle. The basic mitzvah is light one candle. I mean not each like night. on the second night? No, like two, no two just one candle. one candle. One candle. And you fulfilled the mitzvah. Totally fulfilled the mitzvah. 100% fulfilled the mitzvah. Okay. Just like, let me give you the comparison. Just like Sukkot comes and I can buy the $20 S-Rogue and it's an S-Rogue. It's kosher. Yeah, but you only have to buy one S-Rogue. No, no, I understand, but I could no, buy no. the S-Rogue, and it's kosher. Yeah. It's not the most beautiful S-Rogue, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, the most okay. symmetrical S-Rogue, it's a, got a little bit dot. Okay. But it's an S-Rogue, and it's kosher, and Yotze, done, check, did the mitzvah. But that's not Or, what one second, about. or, I can buy the $150 S-Rogue, and ooh, boy, yeah. is that an S-Rogue, it's okay. beautiful. So, so too with Hanukkah, I could light one candle each night, <laughs> one candle, every night one candle, yeah. done, I fulfilled the mitzvah. Yeah. Or I could do the nice thing and light another candle adding each night. But the way meaning, you're supposed to do it. Meaning it's so ingrained in the, in the psyche of the most ignorant, uneducated, secular Jew. Yeah, that you have to light an They have to light a can- every night if they have the candle. And so all I'm pointing out is it's, a, it's remarkable that the most secular Jew is fulfilling Hanukkah on the highest level. But it's right? None of, you, you don't even understand what I'm saying because none of us have ever met a Jew no, no, who doesn't fulfill the mitzvah at the highest level. But isn't that, isn't a, that amazing? But isn't that even a, wasn't that a, the big machlokah between Hillel and Shammai? Based on Shammai, do you start with eight no. and go to one or do you start with one and go to eight? But, that but that's for the third level. But that conversation took place a thousand years before but that conversation, no, right. But that conversation was only if you're doing the third level. Right? So in the Balhanes, appropriately been named home, so they light one menorah. So the one menorah, Hillel and Shammai were arguing, if you want to do the high level, do you start with eight and go to one, or do you start with one and go to eight? I understand, but the Talmud hadn't even been written then, and they were already discussing Hanukkah. Agreed, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it preceded, it preceded the Talmud recording. When did it start then, all the kids started lighting candles? Because, I mean, like in Europe and... You know, well, Sephardi children, so, they never started. The Sephardim followed the Rambam, that you light one menorah, one Hanukkiah per home. Whereas the Ashkenazim followed Tosos, 
That, but all I'm trying to, we, we can have a halakhic discussion, but all I, I want to get back to this, all I'm trying to point out is, what? I'm just curious when it started, because it didn't, like in old Europe, like I can't imagine all the children, they probably have candles, everything, like, especially people all did, were living in They ghetto. probably did the best they could. But all I'm trying to point out is, look at this incredible yuntif, this holiday of Hanukkah, that none of us have ever met anyone, the most less. ignorant secular Jew, who fulfills this mitzvah on anything but the highest level. Right. Even with the electric menorahs, they're fulfilling it on the... Even on the bottom of the news on TV, they're fulfilling it on the highest level. Right? They don't just have one candle because each night... Even on the cups of Dunkin' Donuts, right. So what about going the opposite way? So if I run out of oil, you know, they sell yeah. them pre, you know, whatever, and, and can I just light one candle? Or you can't go from eight no, to no, one? No, you, you can't you, do you, it now. No, you, you do. Can't do it you now. will have fulfilled the mitzvah. Because you already know better. You will have fulfilled the mitzvah. <laughs> right? I'm running out of oil and there's none to be found. We'll let you say. We'll let you say. But if, you will certainly fulfill the mitzvah if you light one, but we have universally accepted and that's all I'm saying is that it's an unbelievable mitzvah. You talk about Chaviva Ad Ba'od, the Slalom Rebbe's insight is exactly right. The Jew for whom Shabbos does not speak to them, doesn't light them up, Hanukkah is lighting them up. Hanukkah comes down and finds the Jew who's even low to the ground. The Jew who's distant. Rabbi, the Jew who's disconnected. Time, but I do have to share. I have a brother who lives in Switzerland yeah. and one who lives in great Cincinnati. Story. And they're both married to non-Jews. Sunday morning at 10 a.m. I get a Facebook call from Switzerland. Can you light the Hanukkah candles with your nephews? I get a, Facebook, a FaceTime call again at 7 yeah. p.m. Sunday night. Can you, from Cincinnati, can you light the Hanukkah candles with your niece? Wow. They so that's exactly, anything. And that's exactly what he's saying. So we'll keep reading. V'zeo peri perish lahadlik ner Hanukkah. Such a beautiful insight. What's the bracha that we say? God, you commanded us. Which is a whole separate discussion because God didn't command us. It's not in the Torah. How can you in a rabbinic holiday say, the Gemara and Shabbos asked that question. How can you on a rabbinic holiday say, but leave that aside. So, um, but what's the bracha we say? Lahadlik ner Hanukkah. To light, the candle of Hanukkah. Shinir Hanukkah madlik ish kodesh Yehudi. So what should you think about when you say that bracha every night? That wow, the menorah, the lights of Hanukkah have the capacity to light my soul on fire. To light, the, to, to ignite a spark inside the Jew. And when you ignite the Hanukkah spark inside the Jew, that can bring the Jew to the candles of Shabbos as well. And where do we light the menorah? We light it. We don't do it today. We say today it's dangerous to light. It's amazing. The Gemara observed already in the time of the Talmud, they observed that um, it was dangerous to light outside. It would identify a home as a Jewish home. And therefore we bring the menorah inside. And think about how in Paris, the government asked everyone to not light of course, Chabad defied them and lit next to the Eiffel Tower with 6,000 people. And it was a beautiful Pirsume Nisa. But think about, unfortunately, tragically, how the Shah Sakana exists yet again today, where in Brussels and Paris and elsewhere, don't light the menorah outside. Right? The, our speaker last week, Jeffrey Goldberg, who spoke about anti-Semitism, talked about he thinks it's time to you know, fold it up in Europe because when he met a group of Jews, who was there? I forgot where, which city in Europe who in an apartment building, Jews were pressuring the other Jews in the apartment building to please take down their mezuzahs. 
they're risking it for everybody. That's when he said, that's when we're in trouble. So Shas Sakana is when we're when we are fearful to identify our home as a Jewish home, so we bring the menorah inside, that's when we are in trouble. But in the time of Wotzaka, but in the time of the Talmud, we lit the menorah outside, Mibachutz. Shafilu Zeshin Israchik Vigorish Michutz Ligvula Kedusha Gamlo Meir Nirchanaka. What does it mean that It means that even somebody who is so distanced and so divorced, even somebody who is so a part of the chutz, the outside world is their world. They're not a part of the internal world of the Jew, the tradition, the misora, the flavor of the Jewish world. But they're so connected to machutz. They live bachutz. Even the Jew who identifies more with bachutz than bifnim, who identifies more with the street, than they do with the Jewish home. So that's where we place the menorah. So here's where he says, we follow Beis Hillel. I said you start with eight and you go reduce down to one. Beis Hillel said you start with one and you go up, you climb to eight. How does that happen? A Jew doesn't come on fire overnight. It starts with a small spark. You light a little spark inside that Jew. And you remind them they have a pintle yid. And you remind them about peoplehood and community and family and purpose and miracles. You, tie, you light a little, little spark. Light the Shabbos candles. Light the Rebbe's idea. Put on tefillin. It'll change you for the rest of the day. Do one mitzvah and it'll become addictive. What the eating will come the appetite. So that's what Beis Hillel were saying. Light one candle. Mosef v'holech. Start with a little bit. So the menorah can be lit even below ten tefachim. Even though the Shekhinah doesn't normally um, descend there, but Chanukah is different. Chanukah can find the Jew wherever they are. Chanukah can lift and illuminate and light the spark in the Jew no matter how distant they are, no matter how low they've become. Chanukah is their holiday. That's the holiday of the assimilated Jew to go find them and to light the fire in them. The, 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 the oil and the wicks that are ineligible for Shabbos, in other words, that Shabbos doesn't do it for them, Chanukah can. And that's what the Salaam Rebbe is saying, that Chanukah, mitzvah Chanukah, chaviva hi admaod. What a beloved mitzvah. And in fact, that's exactly empirically what we see. For the secular Jewish world, Chanukah is a cherished and beloved and observed mitzvah. It lights a spark. Now our job if we care about outreach and we care about our fellow Jew, is to fan that flame, is to, is to transfer the fire from Hanukkah to Shabbos and from Shabbos to the next thing and to keep that going, the momentum, and not to lose it. But I, what I want to focus on is that why I find this meaningful is not just true for the secular assimilated Jew. It's true for us. We as observant Jews sometimes feel low. We feel rejected. We feel despondent. We feel disconnected. We struggle spiritually. We struggle to be on fire. Now we have periods of our lives. Sometimes we're on fire. Davening. I love davening. I love yontif. I love being a Jew. I love everything Torah. And I love mitzvahs. And I'm listening to classes in the car. And I'm listening to Jewish music only. And I'm being careful how I this and how I that. And what I say. Sometimes we're on fire. And other times we are in a rut. Whether because God has disappointed us in terrible ways. Whether we're struggling. Or people around us we care about are struggling. Or even we're succeeding, so we've forgotten about God. Everything is so good, so it's so good. We're on autopilot, and the momentum is carrying us, and life is so good that who remembers God? You know, so we're going through the motions. Yeah, I still look for the kosher symbol when I shop, and I still keep Shabbos, and don't turn on the lights, and I still... But we're going through the motions. I'm not really on fire. I'm just mailing it in. 
So that's what Hanukkah speaks to the Jew who's mailing it in to. It's not just the assimilated Jew. It's the observant Jew who's mailing it in. It's the observant Jew who has lost their spark, who's lost that flame, and who yearns to get it back, who yearns to get it back. And I'm not just talking, I'm talking about, I won't speak for your Rebetzin, but I'll speak for your rabbi and your rabbis. We all struggle. We all have times that we feel we've lost the fire. We want to get back to where we once were. Because we, we, we remember when we were there. We remember how incredible it was and how desperate we, want, we are to get back there. So Hanukkah is the window. Hanukkah is the doorway to walk through it to get back there. To light that menorah. And to look at that flame. And to feel the, the fire. The warmth. To see the light. And to be ignited for our soul. To, be, to, to catch that, that spark. And to be, ignited, to be ignited from it. Yes. So I'm understanding what you're saying here that we're supposed to look for the miracles during Hanukkah. But what about every day there are miracles? We do that all during the year. Are we supposed to be looking for different miracles, like things that are out of the ordinary? Is that going to make it a more meaningful Hanukkah? I think that all the Jewish holidays have themes that apply the whole year long. It's just impossible to be focused on everything all the time. So the holidays, we, we allocate a period of time to focus on that, remembering it applies the whole year. So Pesach, we celebrate the concept of freedom and emancipation and liberty. And it's not that I'm enslaved the rest of the year. It's just that Pesach is my annual reminder to work on my sense of being free and to free myself from my addictions and my habits and, my, and so on. It, right? So Pesach, so Hanukkah is the same thing. Yes, we remember the miracles that are around us all year long, but Hanukkah is a dedicated eight days to remind ourselves and hopefully for it to carry over for the rest of the year. So on the one hand, yes, we look for the real miracles, but we also look for the ordinary things to remind ourselves that they are miracles as well. I'm saying I don't want to be at the end, get to the end of Hanukkah and be like, I didn't get any special miracles. You know? No, I, I don't think we should wait for that, right? God's not going to talk to you. You're not going to fly. You're not going to. Uh, money's not going to grow on your tree. It's not. It's not. You're waiting for those kind of miracles. It's the miracles of the ordinary. It's eight days where, by turning on the light, you see what's right under your nose to begin with, right? The difference between light and dark is only what you see, but the reality is the same. If you're in a room which is pitch black, or if you turn the light on, furniture is the same, the people are the same, everything's the same. The only difference is how you perceive it. So Hanukkah is our turning the light on in the world. So now we see things that are under our nose all along. So what was under our nose all along? Wow, I can see and I can hear and I can walk and I have my health. I'm not going to talk about Ashiyatza. I have my health. It's unbelievable. Wow. Wow, it's unbelievable. What's under my nose all along? I'm blessed. If I'm blessed to have children, I'm blessed. Wow. If I'm blessed to... Whatever blessings... I have a roof over my head. I have this thing called a car. I have a washing machine. This washing machine is a miracle. If I lived 150 years ago, I'd be down by the river breaking my back, you know... Uh, no, your wife would be. Right, I'm tired, yeah. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. That, right? The washing, machine is a, the washing machine is a miracle. If I, my, I'm FaceTiming family in Israel, I have a miracle. This is a miracle. So Hanukkah is not that I'm looking for what we call miracles, it's just that I'm turning the light on in the room I live in to see everything that's been in front of me all along that I've been neglecting. And when I do, I can't help but feel an incredible sense of gratitude and appreciation. And that should light a spark in me. To be on fire, to see those miracles should bring me up. So, so what the Islam Rebbe is saying is that 
the reason the Rambam calls Hanukkah so chaviva hi admaod is because it's our way back. Hanukkah is the way back for even the person who feels so distant. Whether it's the assimilated Jew or whether it's the observant Jew who feels like they're, they're, they're cold. They're not on fire anymore. You know, it says with a malik, when a malik chased us after Harsinai, it says, Asher Karcha Baderach, which the Rashi provides three explanations what the words Asher Karcha means. One of them is Milash Mikra, happenstance. Right? The philosophy of a malik is chance. And, and we who subscribe to purpose and meaning in God, they try to convince us, no, there's no God, everything's random and chance. And that's, that's the essence of the holiday of Purim when we fight a malik. But another thing that Rashi says, you know what Asher Karcha means? We left Harsinai. We were on fire. We were on fire. We were plugged in. We daven with Kavana. We were excited to be a Jew. We wanted to be moral and ethical. We were on fire. We wanted to be charitable and kind. We were on fire. And you know what they did? They splashed cold water on us. Asher Karcha Milashan Kor. Cold water, says Rashi. They just splashed cold water on us. That's what often happens, by the way. When we're on fire, the forces, the negative forces rise against us. So friends or family are cynical. What are you, so religious now? What are you, so spiritual? Oh, you're, so, oh, you're one of them? Oh, you're on fire? Right? What happens when you get on fire? Asher karcha. There are all kinds of forces that rise against you that try to splash cold water on you and say, you're this and you're that and you're trying to be... And, and you have to persevere and you have to overcome them if you're sincere and you're l'shem shemayim. So... Many of us have had cold water splashed on us. And we're in a, in a low, we're in a valley. There are peaks and valleys in our religious life. And if you're in a valley in your religious life, well, you've, just, you've forgotten the joy of davening and the joy of being a Jew and the joy of Shabbos and the joy of, of mitzvahs and the joy of volunteering for chesed and the joy of... You've just forgotten it. Just life has gotten in the way or you've been disappointed by life. Hanukkah is the way back. Hanukkah lights that fire. Even of the most distant Jew, below 10. It lights even the wick who Shabbos doesn't do it for. Chanak is our holiday, and that's why it's Chaviv Vahimad Maod. Vuhu Kamosha Biyarnu, and this is also what is explained in Betoras Avos. Binyan Shabbos Viyantif. Leben Melach Shenegzer Alav the Harchiko Mehechala Melach. You have the prince, a king's son. I'm okay. We started a few minutes late. You have to go somewhere? I have to go somewhere. Oh, okay. A couple more minutes. So the prince of a king who. Um, it was ordained that he be distanced. He was kicked out of the palace. And the prince was um, exiled from the palace and he was sent to live among the boors. So the king on the one hand wanted to kick out his son, but on the other hand he was fearful that the son was going to learn from the practices of these low lives he was living with. So once a week he allowed the prince to come back to the palace just so he would remember, even when he was living out there, he would never forget where he came from, that he was a prince. And there are certain times during the year where the king leaves the palace to visit his son wherever his son is living. So, the whole week long, we're, we're out there. We're struggling. Shabbos, one day a week, we're allowed back to the palace to remember we are princes and princesses. We're royalty to remember where we come from. So this is a beautiful, beautiful insight um, of the Slanam Rebbe that on, on Shabbos, we're invited back to the palace for a day. On Yantif, God comes out to us, wherever we are. 
you actually see this in the davening. You see this hinted to in a number of ways. So he says, Chanukah is even a third level. Not just that we go back to the palace for a day, nor just that God comes out to us where we are, but Chanukah is when the prince has become so assimilated among the, among the low lives, among the boors, until he thinks he's one of them. So that he's fallen so low, the prince, he's forgotten he's a prince. So, once a week we go back to the palace. A few times a year, the king comes to wherever we are. But once a year, God comes even into the ghetto, even into the dregs of society, even into wherever, how far we have fallen, God comes to be with Lamata Measara. Once a year, he's He's even lower. He's even less than ten. And when is that? Elul. That's on Hanukkah. No, that's on Hanukkah. Now Elul, he comes to wherever we are, but assuming that we're in a neutral place, Hanukkah he comes even when we in our lowly place, less than ten. V'zehu, go to the next paragraph. V'zehu shekasav aram b'mitzvahs nechanukah mitzvah chaviva hiad ma'od ki bechanukah nizgala gudol chaviva shel kajboruchu yisrael. This is God's affection for the Jew to find him wherever he is. Shal yisrael az b'shafal amatzav ma'od u'v'shifleinu zachar lanu. That no matter how b'shifleinu, when we are low, zachar lanu. That's when Hashem remembers us. As it says, Mi'or Naim, Shabachos Shana Bashana Bachanaka, Yeredis Ha'ora Shaisa Az Beneis Hanaka, Shaor Meir Lamata Measar Vaidach Menonidach. When the Jews came into the base of Mikdash, when they were fighting the Hellenists, the Syrian Greek oppressors and the Hellenists, the Jews had strayed. We were not Sadiqim. We were assimilated. We were embracing the Greek values and lifestyle. We were low. We were low. And yet God revealed Himself through the miracle, Dafka, when we were in that low state. And we have the capacity to tap into that each and every year on Hanukkah. That for these eight days, no matter how low we are, to see Hashem and to tap into that and to feel His love and to feel His affection and to allow Him to elevate us once again. Now if you have a conflict, you can only do either light the Shabbos candles or the Hanukkah candles. Which one takes precedence? The Shabbos candles. Because the Shabbos candles are about Shalom bias, and Shalom bias trumps even this. So even though on the one hand, Shabbos candles trump Hanukkah candles, Shabbos candles are not called beloved, uber-beloved. Only Hanukkah candles are. And Hanukkah, Hashem finds us no matter how low we've fallen. And Hanukkah, it's our way back, no matter how far away we may have strayed. Hanukkah is our chance to, um, to look at those Hanukkah lights and to see, to allow them to enhance and sharpen our sense of sight. I mentioned last week that we tend to run away from the menorah right away to make the lakas and give the presents and play the dreidel and you know, do the Hanukkah, million Hanukkah parties and concerts and events that we have to go to. But you're supposed to sit with the Hanukkah candles and look and gaze at the Hanukkah candles and allow the light of the Hanukkah candles to illuminate your life, to, to, to ignite your spark to ignite your soul from the flame of the Hanukkah candles. Even outside the entrance of the home, Hashem finds you there. 
Right? What, what did the Yavanim want to do? They tried to darken our eyes. They tried to turn off the light. They tried to splash that cold water. Ah, Torah is nothing. Ah, spirituality is fake. It's a fraud. Religion is the opium of the masses. The Yavanim came along and they darkened our eyes. They splashed cold water on us. They said, this is all fake. It's all fraud. It's all nothing. Who are you fooling? It's not real. And what's our job is no, for the fire to burn bright, to illuminate the, the, the darkness of the world and to light our spark. And in that way, that's why for the Rambam, what a cherished, what a beloved, what an opportunity to tap into a spiritual energy in Hanukkah that is even greater than we have the rest of the year. Have a wonderful day. Have a very happy Hanukkah.